We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, the Philippines chapter 2, and it kind of set up some context for Philippians. So this is a letter written by Paul to the people of Philippi, and the people of Philippi at this time are going through some pride and some uh, competition that uh, Paul is addressing specifically in Philippians chapter 2. Did you find it? Are you there? It's in the New Testament. Okay. If you, if you haven't found it, it's totally fine. It's going to be on the screen behind me. Uh, we're going to be, I don't even remember what verse we're going to be. In one, two, chapter two. Thank you, everyone. Man, rough day. Here we go, chapter two. Uh, this is Paul, and he says, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be, I love this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Sit down, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest of others too. Don't look only for your own interests, but the interests of others too. Uh, The title of tonight's message, and I'm really excited about this because I've been waiting to use this title for over a year now. I was waiting for the right moment to unleash this title because I love it so much. The title of tonight's message, if you're taking notes, is Don't Pass the Biscuits. Don't pass the biscuits. Um, that's the title, so write that down. Um, any of you guys like breakfast? Any breakfast eaters in here? <laughs> Some more enthusiastic than others. Okay, I got you. I see you breakfast people. Okay, that's cool. I didn't grow up. I, I, I didn't grow up eating breakfast. It wasn't a huge thing in my household. Uh, and that's actually good now because ain't no way I need three meals a day now. So I actually, if I had to sacrifice one meal, it, it for sure isn't going to be lunch. Like, I'm going to eat. It's a midday meal. I'm eating that. And dinner is the best meal of the day, so I'm definitely not skipping dinner. Uh, so guess what? See you later. Don't care about your breakfast. I'm not a breakfast eater. There's a couple of, of exceptions to that, though. The first exception is... Uh, Sausage Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. I love Sausage Egg McMuffin. Like, I love like the grease. Have you ever eaten a Sausage Egg McMuffin? Like, the grease dribbles down your face and your wife gets embarrassed. Like, wipe it up. That's so embarrassing. You're a grown man. That's me. The second thing that I really love uh, for breakfast, if I ever eat breakfast, are Cracker Barrel Biscuits. Anyone? Like, you slather those bad boys in like jelly and butter and it's like... <laughs> heaven's breakfast right there. I love Cracker Barrel. Like, no joke. Like, we're going there for a a meeting tomorrow morning, Cracker Barrel. And I'm not, I'm like fasting, so I can just shove my face with Cracker Barrel biscuits. It's going to be so awesome. Uh, But I love, oh, I just love their golden flaky deliciousness. Sorry. And uh, I remember about a year ago, um, I was driving and I saw a Cracker Barrel billboard. And it it, it struck me how brilliant this billboard was. It only said four words, four simple words. And those words were, don't pass the biscuits. Don't pass the biscuits. This was amazing to me. I loved it. I fell in love with that motto immediately. I thought it was a great marketing tool um, because it gave me an excuse to tell my grandma, "Mm mm-mm. I'm not allowed to pass the biscuits. Cracker Barrel told me so. So I'm, these are all for me. Like, I love Cracker Barrel biscuits. I love them. I want them all. I'm going to eat them all. That's the deal for me. Isn't it interesting, though, how selfish we can be, though? We can be pretty selfish, can't we? Uh, and it may, not be, it may not be Cracker Barrel biscuits for you. Like, it may be something else. But I think if we were all really honest with each other right now, we would all say that there are areas of our life we are really selfish with. We're either really selfish with our time, we're really selfish with our belongings, 
or we're really selfish maybe with something like our money. Uh, that's something particularly that's hard for me. Um, as I've gotten older, it's been a little bit more difficult to separate my heart from this desire for money. And uh, money, you know the saying like money can't buy you happiness? Have you heard that before? What they don't tell you is that money can buy you a subscription to Netflix. So come on, somebody. Uh, and I love Netflix. So yeah, money can't buy you happiness, but uh, it's Netflix, let's go. And um, actually, in fact, last night, Mandy and I started watching, or we watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Are you in Christmas movie mode yet? Like, I'm already there. We're all in. I love Netflix so much. And, and uh, a while ago, I was talking with one of my friends. Y'all got excited about that. I was, a while ago, I was talking to one of my friends, and uh, we were discussing, like, finances and money, and I was, you know, I made the joke, like, you know, I need to cut back, and I'm going to take one for the team, and, you know, I'm going to cut back on Netflix a little bit. That's what I'm going to do, maybe, maybe in the subscription, save a little money, but that's my sacrifice. I'm doing this for you, Jesus. That's what I'm doing. And uh, we, I was just kidding, and then we walked, I walked away, forgot about the conversation, and then a few days later, I walked into my office, and there on my desk was a Netflix gift card. A Netflix gift card. And I remember thinking, that's ironic. And uh, I just told that I wanted to quit Netflix for Jesus. Now who's tempting me? How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I went in there, and I knew immediately who it was because I just had had this conversation with someone about Netflix. And uh, I, I remember going to her, and I said, hey, you really didn't have to do this. Like, this is so generous of you. And uh, I really appreciate it, but you didn't have to do that. I, that's so awesome. And I, she said a sentence that I have never forgotten to this day. It has changed my life completely. And she said the sentence. She said, Braden, there is always room in the budget for generosity. There is always room in the budget for generosity. You see, the idea of generosity is really countercultural, isn't it? Like, if I was to sum up the message of our culture, I could do it in two words. I don't need a paragraph. I don't need an essay. I can do it in two words. The, the overall theme of our culture these days is two words. Me first. Me first. When it comes to the pleasures of our world, me first. When it comes to popularity and being adored and being liked, me first. When it comes to how we spend our money, it better be on me first. When it comes to delicious Cracker Barrel biscuits, you better believe it's me first, right? Don't pass the biscuits because I, believe, I deserve them. Me First. You see, in Philippians 2, Paul is addressing this issue, this issue of selfishness. You see, in Philippi at the time, there was a huge issue of pride and, and competition. Did you know that in our society today, we still have those two issues? Not much has changed in our world. We still have a humongous issue with pride and competition. And, and, and Paul is saying, verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So what Paul is saying, he's like, hey, hey, listen, you love Jesus, I get it. Stop caring about only yourself. You love Jesus, you want to be like Jesus. Hey, actually start to begin to care about other people as well. Start taking care of them, worrying about other people more than just yourself. 
You see, last week we read a scripture, and I want to read it again, but we talked about, we talked about the blessing of God, and we read Psalm 139. I want to read it again, and this is what it says. It says, O oh Lord, you, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. And then there's this verse that I love. Yet you place your hand of blessing on my head. Isn't that amazing? Like we talked about this last week. Isn't it amazing how God sees everything you do? That can be a scary thought. But isn't it an amazing thought that God sees everything? He knows everything about you. And what is his response? What does the last verse say? He places his hand of blessing on you. His response to you is to love you through his blessing. But here's what I want you to understand. Here's, here's a huge thing I want you to get tonight. God's blessing it just isn't just meant to go to you. God's blessing is meant to go through you. God's blessing isn't just meant to go to you. It's meant to go through you. Let me say it this way. God's blessing of you that we read in Psalm 139 was never meant to stop at you. God's blessing to you is meant to go through you. There's an amazing story in the book of Genesis. There's a, a guy named Abram. Have you heard of this guy? Um, he later uh, has his name changed to Abraham. Um, but in this context, he's, his name is still Abram. And if you know anything about Abraham, Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. And I'm one of them. And so are you. So let's just pray. What a weird song. I love that song so much. But you know who I'm talking about? That guy. So if you know anything about the story of Abraham, Abraham is the one who kind of has built a foundation. He's like the beginning of changing the course of humanity. God's promise to Abraham, even when he was Abram, was to change the course of history. And so Abram had moved to a new city. Uh, his dad had recently died. And we pick it up in Genesis 12, where God is just about to change everything about the course of humanity. He's about to change everything about Abram's life. And this is what he says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Did you hear it? God's promise to Abram is, hey, Abram, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name famous. I'm going to make people know who you are. And a lot of us like just want to stop there. That's awesome. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, I receive it. I want to be famous, and I want your blessing, Lord. Yes and amen. And we stop there. The problem is that God doesn't stop there. What does he say next? He says, I will bless you, and I will make you well known. Yes, Lord, I receive it. But listen, so that what? You will be a blessing. You see, God's blessings for you were never intended to stop at you. The purpose that we are blessed is so that we could be a blessing to others. I want to tell you tonight that God wants to use you. That is the call of Christianity. And I want to invite the band Back up. We're going to keep worshiping, but I want you to stay locked in with me real quick. The purpose that God blesses us 
is so that we would be a blessing to others. Have you heard of the word vessel? Do you know what a vessel is? So it's kind of like a cup for us. A vessel is kind of like a cup. And um, in Scripture, we see all the time that followers of Jesus, God's children, are characterized as a vessel. Do you know what the purpose of a vessel is? It's to be filled up so that it could pour out. The purpose of a vessel is to be filled up so that it could be poured out. It's purpose. You know, the purpose of the life of a vessel is to receive so that it could give away. You see, the contents in a vessel, let's say it's water in this case, the contents in a vessel are only useful if they are poured out. See, what happens when you put water in this and it just stagnates and it just stays in there is it gets moldy and gross and bacteria begins to grow and it begins to stagnate. And what happens when it does that, it's not being poured out, is it is no longer nourishing to the body. In fact, it's useless at that point. See, the life of a Christian is compared to that of a vessel where we receive, God pours in, But that's not the purpose of the vessel. The purpose of the vessel is to transport the contents in there. Let me tell you tonight, God is looking for vessels. Jesus poured himself out as a sacrifice and an offering to God for the sake of you and I. You know what God asks for in return? That we now would pour ourselves out just like Jesus for the sake of people so that they would see and experience the love of God. See, culture wants you to believe that that life is about you, right? Me first. It's what we see on advertisements. It's what we see all over the place. But the response of those of us who follow Jesus is is to say, it's not about me. My aim, my mission, my purpose is to receive blessings so that I could bless others around me. So my question for you tonight is, are you a vessel of God's blessing? Are you a vessel for God's blessing? Another way I could ask this for you tonight is, are you a blessing to others? Are you a blessing to others? See, I had this thought the other day. The thought was, if BSM North went away forever, if something happened and we no longer existed, would our community notice? Are we impacting our community? Are we blessing our community in a way that if we went away, we stopped gathering, we stopped doing this, would our city notice? And then the question went deeper than that. And the question was, I had to ask myself, Braden, if something happened to you tomorrow, not would BSM North notice, not would Beltway Park notice, would this community, would this city notice that you weren't here anymore? Are you making an impact in our community or are you just making an impact in your circle of friends? Who are you blessing? 
We all have circle of friend circles, don't we? You know what I'm talking about? The little imaginary circle we draw around our lives. And those inside the circle we care about. We talk to and we worry for and we fight for. But those outside of the circle we don't really care for or think about. You have a circle? I think we all do, don't we? At some level. My question for you tonight is how big can you make your circle? How large can you draw your circle? Is your family in the circle? Because if not, it should be. You should be a blessing to your family. The things that you say to your mom and dad, are you blessing them? Do you believe that God may have put you in that family on purpose? Are you a blessing to your family? Is your circle that big? But don't stop there. What about your school? Is your school in your circle? Because if not, it should be. Are you blessing the people that walk in your hallways? For all my homeschool people, guess what? It's still your family. You got to love them. My question, can you fit your school in your circle? Are you blessing your school? But don't stop there. Are you blessing our community? Is our city in your circle? Because if not, it should be. There are people hurting and broken and homeless all over this community. And they need the hope of Jesus. They need the blessing of God's love for them. Is our community in your circle? Because if it's not, it should be. Can you draw your circle that big? But don't stop there. Are the people on this planet in your circle? You know, the last thing that Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew was to go into all the nations and tell them about Jesus. Is that in your circle? Because if not, it should be. Are you living as a vessel to receive God's blessing that he says in Psalm 139? Promises us his blessing, but it doesn't stop there. The mandate for those of us who follow Jesus and love Jesus is to be a blessing to other people. Guys, I want you to understand that if you live to be a blessing to God's people, you will never run out of purpose. If your life mission is, you know what, I'm going to bless the people in my school, you'll never have a day without purpose. If your mission in life is to reflect Jesus in your home and to bless your parents, guess what? Take out the trash. You want to bless your parents? Watch the things you say to them. I guarantee you, if you live every moment of every day of your life to be a blessing to people, you will never, ever run out of purpose. Can you make the circle that big? You see, the, we, we get it twisted sometimes. We think the main thing is to be blessed and it's nice to bless other people. Can I tell you tonight that that's upside down? The main thing is to bless those around us and it's so nice in return that we can get blessed. Who's in your circle? You know, Jesus had a circle, right? 
He had a circle of people that he cared and loved about. Do you know who it was? Literally everyone. Can you make your circle that big? Can you make your life to be a vessel of blessing poured out so that other people can experience the overwhelming, beautiful love of God? Can you do it? Let me pray for you guys.